Keep pounding isn't just a slogan, it's a way of life. Ice up, son. Ice up. They want to be the very best that they can be in everything that they do. I think when you have that mentality in the locker room, you can be special. When you have it with your coaching staff, you can be really good. And when it starts with your owner and it starts with your GM, you can be memorable. If I'm moving someplace and we're doing this in Carolina, the first thing I care about is winning. The second thing I care about is winning. And the third thing I care about is you guys are smart. So you, you win a lot of ways, and I don't like to lose it anyway. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the 704 cast. My name is Matt Wood. Joining me is Corey Adams and Wes Harrison. Uh, guys, say hello. What's going on, everybody? Uh, this is Corey Adams. Been a Panthers fan since as long as I can literally remember. Um, excited to be here. What's up, guys? This is Wesley. Um, I have also been a Panthers fan for as long as I can remember uh, growing up in a sports household living in North Carolina it was it was the option that was on TV every Sunday so from Winston-Salem just like that's how how I met Matt and uh, I'm excited to be here yep. and so uh, same for me as well uh, you and me and Corey both had season tickets a few years back um, I mean we've been here for as long as we remember, a common theme here. But what we wanted to do was just kind of make a, a podcast from the fan side of things and uh, talk about uh, topics that go on pretty much every day at the water cooler um, and just kind of give our thoughts on things, provide a little bit of analysis, make it fun, and uh, see where things go. Um, so that's a little bit about us. Uh, we'll hopefully try to bring episode every week, every Saturday, be us three on here. Um, throughout the week, me and Wes may do some uh, Hornets stuff as well. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at 704cast. Uh, or email us any questions that you may have at 704cast at gmail.com. But the first thing we want to kind of dive into this week on our first episode, kind of need a quarterback this year. I've been linked to pretty much everybody's names out there, the Matt Stafford thing that did work out. Um, You know, the report came out that we were giving up or we were offering a first, a third, and Teddy, if my memory is correct on that, and it didn't happen. Uh, they went with uh, Jared Goff and the L.A. Rams offer instead. Uh, but the other guy out there is uh, Deshaun Watson in Houston. Uh, John McClain came out this week, a Texans beat writer, uh, and said that the Texans would have no offer in any package that the Panthers offered them. Uh, they don't have an interest in eight because they couldn't get the second-best quarterback in the draft. Uh, he said that the Panthers, or who anybody for that matter, if they didn't have the Jets pick, then it wouldn't be appealing to the uh, to the Texans. And – me personally, I don't think that that's going to be a good plan. I don't think that's going to work out for them because anybody who's got to give up what it takes to get the Jets pick is out of capital to get Deshaun. Um, no, number two is not going to get Deshaun himself. So uh, where are you guys at as far as what you would give up for Deshaun? Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Is, is he somebody you want as your quarterback of the Panthers going forward? Um, and what do you do with Teddy? Uh, Teddy is under contract for two more years. Uh, the second of that year is not guaranteed. So basically looking at one more year. 
does carry a $17 million cap hit. Um, but a lot of teams have called. But, you know, is that something that the Panthers have to make a deal for Deshaun? Do they have to include Teddy in it? Or do you try to dump Teddy off on a, a third party? So I just want to first say that can anybody fathom how badly the Texans organization has ran and has been the past couple of years? Like your first thing is you pissed off your generational QB who literally fell into your lap in the draft. Um, and now you're bumbling this whole thing. Um, I think the thing that nobody's talking about with Deshaun Watson is the Texans may not want to trade him, but when he has so much power in that no trade clause and the fact that I think that he could possibly do, you know, the Le'Veon Bell route where he just sits, he can literally sit for 10 games and be completely fine. Um, you know, it's all anybody wants to talk about is Deshaun Watson. And I, I get it. Why? Because, you know, this 25 year old quarterback like him, they don't ever, you know, this, this never happens. So where they're, you know, forcing their way, he's trying to force his way out. So, um, at first, when all the rumors thought, I was like, oh, I'm all in on Deshaun. You know, I, I want Deshaun. doesn't matter what the cost is. But as I'm starting to see some of these, some of these trade packages that get offered, you know, I've, I've started going the more uh, conservative route of, you know, let's sit at eight and wait. Um, I think three firsts is going to be the, the, the starting point for any conversation with Deshaun. Um, and like you said, us being at eight, I mean – I kind of see where the Texans are coming from with that. I wouldn't want to, there's, there's, that's not a pick I would really want this year because it's with the, I think it's going to be a literal feeding frenzy. Like we've never seen for quarterbacks at the top of the draft this year. And that's just, you know, that's, that's a tough situation for to, to trade Deshaun for, in my opinion. In contrast, um, I say you do whatever it takes to get Deshaun. Um, I think they have little to no leverage here, and I think they have a limp, way less suitors than they think they have. Um, I do think three firsts is where that conversation starts, but I also think it's where it ends pick-wise um, as far as first-rounders go. You, you may do some swaps or some, some, some other some, – throw in some other picks, but as far as picks go, it's, it's three first. And, and I think no team is giving more. Texans probably won't take less. That, that's fine with me. If you have Deshaun, 22 and 23 picks are back half, hopefully last four, five, six picks anyway. So um, not as impactful. Um, I would love for the deal to include Teddy. It won't. Um, money's sake, the deal probably would need to include McCaffrey, but I'm still not convinced it would. So that would probably need to be another – deal that happens somewhere and I don't I don't want to lose McCaffrey he's my favorite player on the Panthers but when you have a chance at Deshaun you've got to try to try to do whatever you can I know I'm not sure that Deshaun and McCaffrey's money can both fit with everything else we have to do um I think the deal looks something like three firsts chin and one other player maybe I would like for it to be DJ because I want to resign Curtis personally so I think Three first, DJ, and Chin. That's that's what I'm throwing their way. And let's let's say this. I mean, the the package that's getting thrown out there is just astronomical. I, I mean, it's, you're just throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks, and try to get a reaction out of it at this point. 
I mean, yeah, you have to start the bidding war high uh, if Texans are even engaging in that conversation at the moment, which I don't think they are. But you're looking at a 25-year-old quarterback, top five in the league, under contract for the next five years, has ties locally to Clemson. So you know that the fan base is a good chunk of Clemson fans, at least for the South Carolina side. And Tepper's trying to grow the whole one Carolina thing with the Rock Hill uh, team headquarters that'll be opening up in the next few years. Um, so he, from a financial standpoint, it doesn't matter. Uh, he knows the money's going to come. He knows that he's going to make the money back off of this past year if he makes the deal. Tepper doesn't like to lose. That's the big thing here. He pitched the whole, well, would you take five years of rebuilding for 20 years of sustained success? And we just got through one season of that, and he's already had enough. You know, he's already made comments publicly about how, oh, well, if you have a quarterback or a franchise quarterback, this and that. Uh, plain and simple, if you're Teddy, you're like, well, I know I'm not not coming back. You know, he, the guy could be the best teammate in the world, but let's face facts. The film didn't lie. You had all the weapons around you. He had more weapons around him this year than Cam Newton has ever had in his entire time here. Yes. Uh, Robbie 1, Anderson. Yeah. would have been a 1,500-yard receiver with Cam Newton for one year. So I think a lot of this has to, has to play into it from a fan's perspective is that maybe we forgot what having a franchise quarterback is like because through Cam's time here, Cam was criticized for just the smallest of things. But for the last two years, we've had to watch Kyle Allen and people defend him, and now we had to turn around and watch Teddy. And it's the same thing. There's no outcry. I mean, yeah, people were mad. People were – you know, oh, well, there's still some Teddy truthers, Teddy supporters out there. But at the same point in time, you cannot throw a three-yard pass on third and 10 and fourth and 10 consistently. He had, what, that stretch there in the middle of the year where there was a chance for him to win the game or tie the game in five straight weeks, and we went on that big losing streak. And to me, yeah, to me, that was, that, was, that was it. You know, I was open coming into it. It's like, hey, you know, Teddy's accurate. We'll see what he can do in Brady's offense. And then it turned into what we saw. Um, as far as a package goes for Deshaun, I'm willing to do three first. Uh, the only person I don't want to give up is Brian Burns, but I think I'm fine with everybody else. The DJ point is good because receiver, if you re-sign Curtis, and we have been linked to Will Fuller, um, DJ is expendable. Uh, and he, there's a stat the Panthers put out this week, is that he is the only receiver in the last two years to have 1,200 receiving yards. So that position is expendable at the moment, which I thought I would never say. But if you include three first and DJ or Chin, for that matter, uh, it's going to be a lot. Deshaun Watson's package is going to be a lot. But I think a lot of people are losing sight that the reason that the market was set so high is that Matt Stafford's deal, Detroit, I mean, no, not Detroit, uh, L.A. had to overpay for them to take on Jared Goff's contract. And that's what a lot of people aren't realizing. They had to give up more capital for uh, Detroit to take on that contract. So it's much like an NBA deal. Just like when they'll, we'll eat salary for an extra first-round pick or an extra second-round pick, whatever the case may be. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of people are losing sight of where the market was set uh, to open the year. Not that Deshaun's not going to uh, demand a huge offer, but that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I definitely that, – that is the one thing that I, I – I mean, I say that I don't like the Deshaun. I don't want to give up that much 
for Deshaun, but I mean, you could probably talk me into it once I saw him, you know, in a Panthers uniform and, and you know, having a press conference. But I just, I get very wary of um, giving up young players like Jeremy Chen and Brian Burns because, you know, I mean, for so long, you know, we just were starved for, for, for young upcoming talent, you know, I mean, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball and especially in the positions they play, uh, you just, I, I have a hard time giving up either one of them, honestly, but um, for Deshaun, I mean, you could talk me into it. Um, that's, that is a once in a lifetime opportunity for, for him, especially at his contract. So it's just a crazy situation. I, I can't believe that how bad the Texans have, have screwed this whole thing up. It's just mesmerizing to me. Do you both think that there has to have a trade done before the draft? Yes. Uh, that's exactly that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Like that, that's something else that they they fumbled. Like you have to get this trade done before the draft. You you have to. Like you're screwing yourself so much if you drag this out into training camp and into the season. Their PR department's already like probably pulling their eyes out. If this goes into the season and Deshaun's sitting out games. Those fans will riot in the street. <laughs> After losing JJ, they love JJ yeah. <laughs> in Houston. Love him. And and another scenario that, that needs to happen before the draft is what the Jets seem to make a decision, and that's a big domino here, I think, is what they decide to do. If the Darnold domino falls uh, soon enough, the Texans lose even more leverage. If, if the Jets des- decide what they're going to do and it's not – make a trade for Deshaun, who's left? Who's left suiting Deshaun? That's in Miami. I, I mean, it's, I it's not Miami. Miami, Miami yeah. wants Tua. Miami's going with Tua. Yeah. They, they're not going to, they're going to give Tua a chance. They're not going to give up the capital that it would take to possibly, I mean, I think it's an upgrade to possibly upgrade from Tua to Deshaun when you spent your pick on, on Tua last year and adding to that. I, I think they still want to see what they've got there. So then, then you're in a situation where, Who's left? Who will give the picks up? And, and why would Miami make that deal? They got Tua on a rookie contract. The only thing they need to do is just build a receiving core around him. So if you go and do that, you have the number three pick. They can take Devontae Smith. They can get Jamar Chase. They also have, what, 17? And the funny thing about all this, the irony behind it, is that the number three pick is Houston's pick. And that's the yep. Texans pick from the and, Laramie Tunsil trade. And so and, now... And, and let's be honest, the I think they're. I think Miami's got a smart front office now, and and I think I don't know that they stay at three with all the quarterback moving that's going to happen. I think I think if they they would probably be best served to trade back from three with someone who is in our range, get get another pick, and that's where they get their receiver. They don't. They, they're not going to take a receiver at three. It's funny that you mentioned that because Todd McShay put out his. Uh mock draft 3.0 yesterday and since now he's putting trades in them uh he has us trading with miami at three and taking justin fields so just that's that's funny that you mentioned that but i think miami's gonna do it the right way the the jets if they make the trade for deshaun watson that is the dumbest thing that they could do because they have so many holes that they need to fill you can't mortgage your future away for Deshaun because Deshaun's going to be in a worse position than he was in houston and he's just going to go up there to rock i mean yeah they have a better defense but that doesn't help you out on your side of the ball and you're still carrying uh, too much on your shoulders. I've never understood about the whole Deshaun. I mean, I, I get it. Like you want to go to New York. Um, you know, I, I know he's, he's 
he's big in the off the field stuff and, you know, building his brand and stuff like that. But I've never understood why, why he listed the Jets initially as a team. I'm not sure that he did. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he did. I think, I think that's a Texans leak. I think I, and you know what, that that's a good point because I never thought about that, so yeah. let's say they have to build a market up and the market might not exist. So you have to create this competition that's out there, but let's be honest here. Who are we going to be really competing against to get Deshaun? I know Denver's out there and there's, you know, San Francisco can make an offer and, you know, the teams that haven't been really reported and been at the forefront of this conversation, but I'm Houston wants their franchise quarterback this year. You don't think you can get that at eight. That's fine. You can go and get eight, and if you want to take the picks that we give you and then make a trade to move up and get your guy, whether it be Mormon Mahomes, Zach Wilson, or uh, Justin Fields, whoever, Trey Lance, it doesn't matter. But that, That's exactly why it's got to – I think it's got to get done before the draft, and I don't understand why they're still sitting on their hands with this whole thing. Like, the longer it goes on, the worse they look. I mean, the organization already looks terrible enough, but – you know, if you take this past the draft, then you screw yourself even further because you only have to work a deal with whoever has the quarterback that, that you want. And I don't know if they're going to give them up so easily because you you lose leverage at that point. The Houston, they lose leverage. They're like, oh, well, we're, you know, you want our guy. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to give you three firsts and him. And, and it becomes harder for Tepper and Rule once they've fallen in love with Lance, once they've fallen in love with Fields, whoever whoever their guy is, you they're like it it becomes harder for them as as coaches, owners, and the fan base has already convinced herself that more more likely than not that Fields was our guy. Like Watson didn't happen, Fields is our guy. Watson didn't happen, Lance is our guy. Watson didn't happen. I hope I'm not saying this. Wilson is our guy. I, I hope I'm not saying that one, but um that's why I think that's why I think that that Scott Fitterer is pushing, you know, probably behind the scenes so hard for this is because you know you're, you're, this is your first off season like as the guy in a spot. You have to get this right. This, this is not a decision that you can mess up. Whether it's Fitterer or Rule, they cannot mess this decision up. This if we give up all these assets, the guy has to be the guy. And they're betting their next five years on whoever it is, whether it's Russ, you know, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's Zach Wilson. So they've got to get this right. So I think that, you know, these reports saying that we're going to give up anything for Deshaun Watson are probably right because you're taking the sure thing. So, I mean, it's just, we'll see if the package gets done, if it gets done, when it gets done and um, I'll assess it then, but it's just kind of scary. That's, that's a lot of stuff. But Deshaun, I also think part of that is is Tepper being a little overzealous and, and showing his cards. Um, and that's the that is the showboat financer in him, I think. I think he probably should have kept his mouth shut on some of that. Um, Fitterer is probably kicking himself for saying, dude, we're, we're, for, for Fitterer's, Fitterer's not happy that Tepper is that, probably that open about like, we're going to do whatever because then, you lose leverage on the Panthers side, even though the Texans have no leverage. If, if it's obvious that we are the front runner, the team that wants him the most, the team that's willing to throw it out there. So even if the competing offers aren't as high as we think they may be, we don't know that for certain unless 
we're actually talking to the teams, the other teams that are making the offers, and we've shown our hand as well. So, Deshaun McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, one of DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. What does that offense do next year? That is this better than the Saints offense that's been so prolific for four or five years now. 1,000%. And a Joe Brady at yeah. offensive coordinator, possibly possibly his last season. Joe Brady, I mean, I, I think that's the – it benefited us because, you know, we got to keep him another year. But Teddy being so gun-shy last year really, you know, worked to our benefit and having Joe Brady another year because, I mean, there was times where Curtis was just running wide open, Robbie running wide open, and it's like, Teddy, throw the ball. Like, push it downfield. I mean, with Deshaun in there, he's going to make a lot of people a lot of money if he does come to the Panthers. Deshaun is ridiculously good, and I still think he's underrated. Uh, There's some of the throws that he can make, the mobility, I mean, the hits he still takes and and makes the throws downfield. And you're right, Corey. uh, Having – not really being able to have a quarterback to show off Joe Brady's offense in full display – I mean, you look at Joe Burrow and what he did at LSU the last year, so much of that offense was vertical passes, deep threats, deep balls, and even even if it was to the tight end. Now, and a lot of people point blame at Ian Thomas and think that he might not be the future, and that may be the case, but Ian Thomas is better than what he's been able to, to show the last two years mm-hmm. with Kyle Allen and, and Teddy Bridgewater. So, I mean, just something to keep in mind going forward, but you know, I think what we're seeing is Tepper's betting on himself, and he doesn't like to lose. I mean, he's made a career. <laughs> he's made a fortune betting on himself and being smart in the market. So, um, you know, it's good to have a guy like that in your corner, and I think he knows that the reward outweighs the risk here. Um, I mean, as of what's the day, the, the, the 6th of March, what do you put the percentage on Deshaun uh, being the starting quarterback for the Panthers to open the season? I still, I'm a. I can't go no higher than fifty-fifty. Honestly, I mean, I just don't. Is that were you not trusting the Texans or? Yeah, the te- it, it's the Texans. I I don't have faith in the Texans front office to. I mean, they've already made a mess of it at this point. It, 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 there's no coming back. They, they need to realize that there's no coming back from this. Deshaun's told them there's no coming back from this. He told the new coach there's no coming back from this. Move on. I mean, I know it's going to hurt, but you got to rip that Band-Aid off at this point. you got to get this done before the draft and, you know, start rebuilding because it's, it's, it's going to happen for you whether you want it or not. And so you might as well just go ahead and get, get the most you possibly can and, and call it. I think if Watson gets traded before the draft, there's 75% chance it's us, if not higher. Um, I think the only other team that I don't think the Jets are in it. I really don't. I don't think Miami's in it. I do think Denver's in it. I don't think they have a package that is attractive enough. I don't. I, I don't think Denver does. Um, they don't have the young. I mean, they don't have the young defensive stars that that Houston has asked for. They've had, they asked for two. I don't think we give them both of ours. I think we give them one if we do it. Um, the other one is San Fran. Um, same situation. They don't have. I mean, they're not giving high, up Bosa. 
Right, and they don't have a pick high enough this year. And then what you you look at the two at the two first after that. Whoever gets Watson's not gonna the, the the next two first are late first. So I don't think they make the move on either of those. So you're looking at uh, Falcons giving up on Matt Ryan. I don't think I think if the Falcons give up on Matt Ryan, it's Fields. I don't think it's Watson. Uh, I just don't see Detroit's out of quarterback talk. They're paying they're paying him too much. They took on that money. They believe in him, I guess, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I really see very few places where it doesn't work out, and the only reason it wouldn't is the Texans screwing it up. I don't think it's us. I think it's, if it is, it's the Texans making a bad call because we're going to – I think we've got the best package. I agree. Uh, you can call it hoverism, fanism, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, something that you learn as a Panthers fan is that when certain reporters tend to say there's – you know, they don't dismiss things, that's a sign. You know, that's a sign that either it's heavy on the Panthers side, that there's legit interest, and ever since the Deshaun thing came out, Joe Person, Bill Voth, uh, more and more have said, hey, there's something to us. And, and Bill's a guy who I've interacted with on Twitter over the years, and he's always kind of shot me straight, uh, and he has with a lot of people. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago I got on there and it's it, uh, asked him, you know, hey, do you think the Deshaun thing happens? Um, you know, and he didn't dismiss any of that. You know, there was talk that that he wouldn't come here because of the whole Cam thing and how that ended, and he dismissed that and said, no, that's not the case. Um, so some things to keep in mind is that it's obvious that the interest is there on our side. We're going to go for it. If the Texans want to try to move him and get the most that they can, I think our offer will probably be the most. So, you know, we're going to see – we're going to find out what happens here over the next couple of weeks. I think they have to do something before the draft. They're just digging themselves more of a hole. Um, you take eight and two other first, and you get a, a young piece, and you see what you can do with it. If you don't want Teddy, that's fine. I mean, you're not going to be good next year anyway, so you can wave him after – or you can cut him after the – uh, after next year, uh, and then you have a high draft pick again. I mean, so you don't have to get your franchise quarterback this upcoming season. Just ride it out, take your L's, and, I mean, if you want to go out and get Sam Howe, I mean, sure, I mean, go for it, uh, if, if that's who you believe in. Um, Is there but, something else you'd include to for them to take Teddy? I don't have – numbers in front of me as far as the cap goes uh, and contracts and figure out how much space they have and how all that shakes out. Um, I mean, I would probably include maybe a, a late pick. I mean, I'd maybe attach a fifth to him. Uh, I mean, if Curtis leaves, I think we were owed a, a, a comp pick. Um, and I think we honestly may have gotten one from Vernon Butler uh, this year, maybe like a sixth. Uh, I need to look and see. Attaching Teddy is, is something that, would in my mind would mean that Curtis isn't going anywhere, but I mean, we cleared what we're uh, like ninth highest in cap now, cap space. So, I mean, but Deshaun's Deshaun's is 30. Well, with us, actually, it's probably dropped a little bit since we are going to franchise Moten because he's going to get 13. So, Moten's going to take what probably 15 million? I think it's 13 or 14. Okay, so that leaves us with what 17, 18 to play with. We're still. We're at 32, right? No, we're at 39 after they restructured Paradise. That's right. 
and I, we, after we cut Trey, that day where we cut Trey, restructured Paradis, we, we got to 39. And then we're going to franchise Moton. So we're like right at around 20, 26, 27. So that, that basically means you're, you're at the top of the cap with Deshaun and probably who you send away if it's not Teddy or CMC. Well, Deshaun's hit this, Deshaun's hit this year is only 10. Oh, okay. I didn't know the the, yeah. the, the contract number is higher than that. I didn't know the hit was only 10. I didn't yeah, just so his, his hit, this, that's why, I mean, it's such a crazy good deal. His, his hit this year is only 10, and then it skyrockets up to 40 next year. The because next. it's the first year of that, that deal, right? Yeah. And, I mean, there still is a possibility that we just, we, we cut Teddy. I mean, there's an out to it. I mean, the, the, the cap hit's going to be, you know, a decent one yeah you save they save they'd save nine nine million cutting isn't either nine or eleven and um would have about eight in dead cap for the next two seasons yeah if, I, if somebody doesn't take him that's that's what's going to happen teddy is not on the team next no. year at this point i would literally take a seventh just for somebody to get rid of just take take teddy and do the reason those I, I would, probably fell through is probably because they wanted us to take on a lot of the money. I mean, nobody's going to take him on at that pick. So I think that's probably why they say that, you know, the reports came out that, yeah, we've fielded calls and teams have called on him, but they're going to be like, well, we're only going to eat like $2 million of this contract. We're not going to take it all. And, and with the dead cap hit only being eight, we're better off cutting him at that point. So if, and, unless, unless someone would take him with us only throwing in four, four or five million, then – just yeah so i guess to answer my original question is i if the texans don't further mess this thing up which at this point i have no faith in them uh, to actually do the right thing uh, they're just making themselves look terrible and i don't really know how anybody can sign with them and seeing how they treat star player at this point i mean so you gave jj watt his release but you want to play hardball with deshaun but he's, it's clear he doesn't want to be there, and the damage control is done. Um, and, you know, everything is out. So you might as well move, take what you can, uh, and try to right the ship going forward. Uh, I mean, you messed it up extremely bad. You didn't take the advice of your franchise quarterback. So, uh, yeah, I, I think at this point that Deshaun is the quarterback of the Panthers next year. Um, as long as the Texans don't mess this up any further and Deshaun doesn't sit out next year, which there's a chance that he could just say, hey, I'm just not going to play and eat the fines and – you know, go that route, uh, you know, take the Carson Palmer approach uh, of a while back before you get traded to the Raiders. So I would say probably 80% Deshaun Watson is a quarterback of the Panthers next year. Um, and for some the reason, best quarterback we've ever had. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And, and, and that's, yeah. I mean, we, we both know how, well, actually we, we all three feel the same way uh, yeah. about who that, that person is at this point, but uh, I, I think that that's probably where we're at. If for some reason he's not, then we probably look at Seattle and, and explore the Russell Wilson thing if we're not already. Um, I know that the Rodgers thing is out there, but I don't see them moving. I mean, he's, what, 37? He's only getting traded to somewhere that could win in the next two years. And I just I feel like that was such a, 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 a much ado about literally nothing. I think right. he quote and ran with it, and that was just – I mean, it, it's Rodgers too. I mean, Rodgers. Yeah. Rodgers has had a chip on his shoulder since they drafted Love. It's that's it. Yeah. That is it. Yeah, that's all it is. And he's pissed because he doesn't have. He didn't get another wide receiver 
out there. I mean, hey, I mean, Eric Rogers, I would love to see what you could have done with Devin Punches this past season. You know, I, I hate he opted out, but, you know, maybe you could have done something that Cam couldn't for a few years, but they can't fix somebody who can't catch a ball with complaints. Um, did you see fun uh, – side note, did you see fun uh, on the basketball court throwing down? Uh, you know, he, he made – well, he made a whole video. I think he's trying to get an NBA tryout. He's whole- six foot five. If you can't dunk the ball, you should have walked on at Michigan back when you were playing tight end. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, this is a strange mystery of a guy. Well, I mean, pretty soon he's going to have to follow the Kelvin Benjamin route. I mean, we, you know, we have to. Yeah, I was about to say there's two I, strange mysteries of receivers right there, right there in that same time frame of what could have been. <laughs> thanks, uh, Gettleman, for all that. I mean, and, and I mean, I was a believer in the whole call experiment. Cam, this is high. It'll work out. And then one just ate himself into an old lineman and is out of the league. And the other one uh, just can't catch a football and complains. So, I mean, there you go. Um, but on to the next topic. Uh, if Deshaun's not the guy here next year, um, a guy that we've been linked to in the draft that we're going to talk about today is Trey Lance, uh, six foot three quarterback from North Dakota State. Uh, a guy coming out of high school had zero uh, power five offers and is now uh, skyrocketed into a top, projected top 10 pick in NFL draft. He's a guy that's uh, got a lot of uh, smoke over the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of people have said that, oh, this guy's going to be uh, you know, a top 10 pick. Um, they only played one game this season due to COVID uh, in North Dakota State's FCS schedule, all that. Um, the joke so, of the Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, his uh, the year before, I believe he threw for 2,600 yards. Uh, let me see here. Uh, 2,700 yards. Uh, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He's big-bodied. Uh, he can inflict pain uh, running the football, much like Cam did. When he cuts up the field, he is quick, and I think that's what's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I know, uh, Wesley, you talked about his uh, deep ball uh, with me as something that stood out to you when you started watching film on him a couple weeks ago. Um, but if you want to just uh, kind of talk about your thoughts on Trey Lance uh, and kind of where you have him in your rankings for uh, quarterbacks uh, in this draft class. For me, he's three. Um, it's Lawrence, obviously one, Fields two, and Trey three. Um, I think Fields goes to the Falcons personally before, before unless we, so if we trade up, we could have both, but I, so that's, that's where I stand on that. So. Um, as far as my thoughts on Trey, um, downside, not a whole lot of passes in, in his college career. Um, only 300 completions are, are right around that. Um, fairly accurate, not quite as accurate as Fields and Wilson, 65% completion percentage. Aided a little bit by the, the RPO, a lot of RPOs in that offense, a lot of quick passes, but that fits really well with Brady. Um, his... His profile as a quarterback fits just plug and play right in our offense, I think, with the the quick RPO, the deep ball, and and those are two things that were really are were really prevalent in Brady's scheme. I thought uh, Teddy just couldn't couldn't throw the deep ball <laughs> off of that, so that 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 really intrigued me. The um, interception rate, 30, 30 touchdowns to one interception um, over the career, that's again, aided by the RPO and the fact that he didn't throw a lot of mid, mid-level passes, in my opinion. It was quick or it was the deep ball. 
And so he was really good at putting that deep ball where it wasn't, wasn't, uh, it was a one man, one man chance at the ball. And that, that's the, the offensive guy there. Uh, 1,300 rushing yards, give or take, with 18 touchdowns there. So 48 total touchdowns. Um, I mean, you're looking at a guy who can come in and do what Cam did with his legs and passing from the start. I think, I think if you take and and what what Trey is not getting for the people are talking about injuries. Trey's Trey's big. Trey's yeah. a big dude. Um, and so I think he can, like you said, not it's it's not the fact that he's taking these hits. He's giving them, and and he is going to be like Cam, in until the shoulder injury, which was not on a run. It was on a tackle from a a lazy receiver not tackling him beforehand but uh yeah I there's the only thing that I I don't love is the the lack of and and this could be the tape that I watch but the the 15 to tw- the 15 to 20 yard bullet throw um that that you may need in in the offense I didn't see a lot of that the and the accuracy scares me a little bit with that on the, the few that I did see, but uh, the RPO and the deep ball, I mean, he's a great fit with that. And to correct that, he is listed at 6'4", 225, uh, and also uh, prior to the season before this past one, he did rush for 1,100 yards that season. Uh, and even in this game this year, he did have 150 uh, rushing yards that game as well uh, in the win that they had. Um, I think uh, I agree with what you said, though. Uh, he's somebody who can inflict pain on the run. I mean, six foot four. 225 uh the mobility is there the speed's there uh he does have the arm strength to throw that ball 60 65 yards down the field uh and be accurate i think his accuracy is better on the the deep balls than like you said in the little intermediate game the intermediate routes uh and that's something that did stand out to me in the film that i watched is that you know he missed either you know behind the receiver or overthrew him um but he can make those throws on the run uh and we've seen cam wasn't the you know most accurate passer on the run but it improved uh, and, and any camps injuries anybody who talks about that crap it's it, none of his injuries came from outside the pocket it, it was due to taking hits inside the pocket because it was a lack of building uh the o lineup and having consistency there over the years um and a, a big thing that scott fitterer is all about is he says that you build the team from the lines out so you build the d line the o line and, and then you build around those uh, so i like that um Corey, what do you think about Trey Lance? So, yeah, this, uh, I mean, I have a draft crush on Trey Lance. Um, I really hate that he didn't get a full season this year. I was, um, I first heard about him uh, listening to Sports Talk Radio last year um, when they were talking about the way too early mock draft. And um, I think he brings everything that you need in today's NFL, size, strength, mobility, can just sling the ball um like you know he Wesley mentioned the the amount of throws that that does concern me however I do feel that if you're not going to trade for Deshaun that this is the next best option um and you develop him and for the first time and I can I don't I don't remember a time where I've had more confidence in a coaching staff and their ability to develop players um uh, that is the biggest thing I took from rule this year is he seems like he he knows how to develop players. He knows how to get the best out of players. And I feel like the the little mistakes, the little inaccuracies uh, in Trey Lance's game are, are easily correctable um, with the right coaching staff. 
Um, I hate it that Cam never got that same treatment, um, but that's a, a whole other topic. Right. But uh, um, I, I'm, I'm enamored with Trey Lance. Um, I think it is swinging for the fences um, in, a, in a prospect. Um, and I think that this staff as a whole has to hit a home run. So you might as well um, swing for the fences with this one. Trey Lance is um, everything that you need in today's NFL. Uh, and he just offers so much um, from a physical standpoint that you can build from and build on. Uh, and I feel like that is the only route for Teddy to be on the team next year because I can see a situation where he sits behind Teddy for a year uh, and tries to develop. Uh, I mean, I would be fine with that. I know, it, you know there's a lot of impatience in me. Like, I want the team to win. I want them to win now. But I would be comfortable uh, letting Trey Lance sit for a year behind Teddy um, and, you know, then take over uh, next year. Where, where do you have him at uh, in your draft class rankings? Do you have him uh, below fields? Um, do you have Wilson ahead of him? Uh, I think right – yeah, as, like, as a, as a, if you're taking right now, He's, I'd put him third behind Trevor, Justin Fields, and uh, he's right there. Uh, I don't, I don't get like I'm with Wesley. I don't get what this whole hype is about Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I I'm not a huge fan. He's he's all right, uh, but uh, you, you can't you can't convince me that somebody who's you know one one ninety six with nickels in his pocket is going to last in the NFL. So. Um, yeah, I, I think as a players right now, but I do think that Trey Lance has the most upside um, out of anybody, out of I, any of the prospects. I agree with that. Just because if he improves on the accuracy, then yeah, I mean he's a he's a complete package at that point. I think the Zach Wilson thing that you mentioned is why a lot of people fall in love with him is that he can make the difficult throws. He does have a big arm. Uh, I mean, he has had shoulder surgery before, so that's yeah. something that's not being really talked about by a lot of people. Um, and I could be completely wrong. I hated Justin Herbert, and look how that turned out. No, I, I get it, but Zach, <laughs> you know, but Wilson's not the big body that Herbert is, right? Uh, and you know, and Herbert was, you know, kind of held back because of the college offense, but BYU's offense was pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, if yeah, you watch the Coastal game, something to take away from it was he stood in there. He took a lot of hits that game, and Coastal had a good defense this season, and that's something that did carry them. But if you look back at the the end of that game. And the game-winning, not game-winning, but the potential game-winning drive uh, at the end of the year, he he led them down the field 90 yards. That was a filthy, filthy pass that he threw to get them to the one-yard line. Yeah. Um, that it, was just filthy. He throws the no-look pass. Uh, he has the big arm. Uh, I mean, there's this one game where he rolls out to the right and throws it 65 yards across the field to the left in the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, those throws stand out, and I get why he's getting all the hype that he is and why he's gone up to the number two pick and behind Lawrence. And some people, some people have him higher than Lawrence. Sims, yeah. First of all, that's nuts. But those difficult throws you're talking about, he for, he tries to force them too much. He's yep. going to be a turnover machine yeah. in the NFL. And it's it's the Patrick Mahomes thing. That's why I said Mormon Mahomes earlier is that that's what he's he's trying to do. And yeah, he had he throws the sidearm ball. You know, he he has a different arm angles. But is this the guy that you know you think's you know going to carry you long term? Is he guys going to hold up durability wise? Uh, you know, those are concerns, and those are those are questions that you know they're going to have to answer going forward. But 
Me personally, his ceiling to me is Baker. Like, yeah, that's his yeah, ceiling. <laughs> I think his, his floor is, is Johnny Football. <laughs> I mean, with that, that well, is, some dumbass did just come out this week and put Baker Mayfield as a top ten college player of all time. So, I mean, you do have that, but I, uh, for me, it's. At the top, it's, it's Lawrence and Fields. You don't overthink it, uh, and I think that's what a lot of teams are going to do. And I don't want to see Justin Fields end up in Atlanta. I uh, had to watch oh had to watch Mike Vick torture us for for years uh, until they had to let him go. Um, but there's nothing I hate more than an emboldened Falcons fan. Yeah, I mean, we had to watch Matt Ryan beat our ass on the bullshit throws time and time again, and. You know, I, I don't want Justin Fields being there because they had one season because we wanted to go win a game for the culture and we have to get tortured and pay for it for the next 10, 12 years. If uh, the Falcons are smart, that's their pick. Yeah. Should be. You, you get rid of Matt Ryan for whatever you can this year and you roll with Fields. And if you, you know, get another high pick next year, you build around it from there. But I, uh, I think that's what Atlanta should do. And I, it's what I hope they don't do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, being from – from Georgia, like, you know, they might not have to actually, you know, pump crowd noise into the, the stands anymore. Yeah. But one more, the only other thing I want to, I do want to say about Trey Lance, um, and it always baffles me, and it, I just don't understand how some of these people uh, get paid to, to talk about, you know, basically talk out their ass really sometimes. But um, he, it, it frustrates me when I hear people criticize a player, and it's not just Trey Lance, it's any college player, um, on things that they can't do. Like, if, if, if they legitimately can't throw the mid-level routes, that's one thing. But it's a different thing if he's not asked to throw this mid-level route. You know, if he's only asked to throw three or four, five intermediate routes a game, well, of course you're not going to be great at that. You know, if, you know, you've got some offenses that are only predicated on throwing those mid-level routes, throwing those nut balls. I mean, people said Cam couldn't throw short because we never threw short. And when we started throwing, you know, out of the backfield to McCaffrey, his percentage skyrocketed. So I would, I would pause and say, let's not judge Trey Lance on not being able to throw intermediate until we actually get to, you know, see him in an offense where he, it's a big part of the offense. Uh, I, I do think that I have seen, and I mean, I'm not going to act like I've watched the all 22 on him or anything like that, but you know, I have spent several hours watching YouTube videos about trans and um, from what I've seen, I don't think it's like a, you know, one of those Achilles heels. I think it's something, like I said, that could be corrected and worked on uh, and developed. And, you know, I have faith in rule. I mean, look what he did with freaking Corn Elder this year. I mean, Corn Elder was a nobody and now he's a solid, I mean, I think he's a solid NFL nickel, you know? So, I mean, that that's big. I mean, Chin, um, obviously Chin's a freak, he's, you know, he's, he's a crazy good athlete, but you think that Chin sniffs the field before week 15 in Ron Rivera's defense? Rod had Brian Burns playing gunner oh, on the special. on special teams. Mm. I mean, we can just – I love Ron. I think that Ron's loyalty is what did him in here. Um, but, you know, come on. I mean, there's – and, and this wasn't like Burns was just some, you know, third-round guy who, you know, wasn't putting up stats. I mean, he was a first-round pick, and he was rookie of the month, uh, defensive rookie of the month. 
and then he gets he hurts his hand, and now he's playing special teams. But uh, that's what rules bread and butter has been. That's why he has risen up the coaching ranks in the last few years. I mean, you look at Temple and what he did there. I mean, it was player development. It was recruit the guys uh, that I have faith in, that I believe in, put them in my system, let them grow, actually invest in them, and you see the rewards. You know, Baylor. I mean, Baylor was coming off basically the equivalent of the death penalty. Uh, and and Rule went down there, and you saw what he did with them uh, in a short time there. Uh, he went out and picked uh, Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator. And to go back to the Deshaun thing a little bit and, and the Tepper thing and why he's being so vocal is that Rule did have his choice of quarterback uh, this past season. Uh, I mean, Teddy was his guy. Teddy was the guy that, that him and Joe picked, and Marty didn't necessarily think that he could get Teddy. And at that point, they made a decision to move on from Cam and go out and get Teddy, and we saw how the TB experience went. So I'm right there with you on Trey. I mean, I think that the upside's there, and I'd like to see what Rule and Brady can do with him. Um, you know, something I'm going to ask you guys if this is concerning to you at all. Uh, last year, uh, let's see, last year Trey Lance only had four games of over 200 yards passing. Um, but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing because he did run the ball. Uh, I mean, pretty much every game, I mean, he's looking at an average of, you know, probably eight to 12 rushes a game. Uh, and, you know, this is a hundred yard rusher. I mean, he had 1100 rushing yards last year in the uh, national championship game against James Madison, where they won 28 to 20. He went six for 10 for 72 yards. Uh, longest pass was for 22 yards and he had 30 rushes at, at 166 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So an offensive design, you know, and it's not like he can't throw the ball. Like there's quarterbacks who are in, who are running quarterbacks who are in offenses um, and they, you know, gets laid out on a silver platter. I think the, the routes he was asked to throw were, you know, NFL routes I and mean, he's making NFL throws. Like it's, it's not a, you know, a athlete, athletic quarterback who just happens to throw the ball every once in a while. I just feel like when he's asked to throw the ball, he did it exceptionally well. And, and I get tired of the, the narrative around quarterbacks that can run. People just look at their throwing statistics, but it's, it's the yards you offer to the team as a whole. It's, it, it's, I mean, Cam, Cam throws, if Cam is a Panther, throws for 225, but runs for 125. Cam gave us 350 yards that day. Yep. I, I don't care if it's on the ground. I don't care if it's through the air. If all 300 of his yards are on the ground and we don't throw the ball a single time for whatever reason, that I mean, that's still 300 yards that he. If if, if we win the game and that's how the that's how the game is, is is drawn up. If Brady Brady calls the plays that way, and he's only 60 percent of his yards come through the air and 40 percent come through the, through the ground, and he can hold up injury wise that way, that's fun. So many people try to overcomplicate things and the analytics and all that stuff. The goal is still to score touchdowns. I don't care how you do it. That's why people try to discredit Cam about the uh, rushing touchdowns, always putting up 125 yards passing, but he had, you know, three touchdowns on the ground. I, I don't care if it ends in a win, just like the Miami game, you know, this year, people made a big deal about it because Cam had a bunch of rushing yards and uh, you know, scored on the ground. That's, that's not a problem. If Trey comes in and puts up, you know, three touchdowns a game, two of those come on the ground. I'm happy. That's 21 points. And the offense next year, one way or the other, should probably average close to 30 points a game. 
I think that that's probably realistic with what you're putting around, uh, you know, the talent that's there. If you have uh, a better quarterback than Teddy going into the next season, I think that 30 points is probably what you shoot for. And that's going to put you at the top of the league. And then that's, I think that's why I have been leaning more towards trying to get Trey Lance because keeping our pieces and having our draft picks and having a free agency where you can focus on building the offensive line and the defensive line. I think that this, the single solitary goal outside of quarterback, this offseason has got to be building the offensive line. It's been 10 years now, 10 years, more than that. We haven't had a good offensive line since 2008. We've got to address it. I mean, you want the ghost of Byron Bell out there? (laughs) (laughs) Defensive tackle, out of right tackle. I mean, okay, the best left tackle we've had since uh, Jordan Gross retired. And I think we probably all know who it is, but go ahead. The best player, the best production we've got is Michael Orr. Yeah. And yeah. that's a, terrible. And then it, yeah, and it, but look. It's not Michael a good thing. Orr the the was, ghost uh, of Michael Orr. Yeah, was yeah. a huge upgrade <laughs> over Byron Bell. Was a huge upgrade. And then, a, you know, a concussion is, is what ended that one. And, and that's, that's, that's typical Panthers luck, you know, unfortunately. Is that, is that what caused it? Um, but and, and and you're at you're at or way past his prime so it's just like yeah. that's just sad that that's where it is and 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 I I don't know what people expected from Okung this year I really don't um it I mean they did if they expected anything they didn't get anything so very special um that was that was a mess and as we move as we move on in, in the next topic I'll I'll discuss uh discuss that <laughs> so i'll say this though before we get into the next topic um obviously moton's a free agent they're trying to get a long-term term deal done with him uh he's likely to be franchised as ian Rappaport reported this week uh and i think that's been the thought process the entire entire time is they'll try to work towards a long-term deal but you franchise him and try to work something out with curtis if you want to go that route um but you have to retain Taylor Moten in some capacity, whether it's franchise, whether it's re-signed to a long-term deal. You have a foundational piece at the right side of that line. Use that and build from there. Uh, Paradis, you know, wasn't great uh, the year prior to this past season. Uh, he did make improvement. Uh, I, I think we're lucky to get what we had out of the line last year. Uh, it wasn't great, but it was still better than years past. Uh, Teddy also got rid of the ball quickly so that, helps a little bit too but not in terms of the whole offense um so we have to fill some spots on the o-line this year uh is there anybody outside uh of like the logical pieces uh that you want back on the o-line uh paradis and moton obviously but you're looking at left guard right guard and left tackle um what are you guys kind of thinking on that before we talk about uh one position in particular um I do not want any starters back that we're losing on the line. I, I really don't. Um, I think I see a scenario where Greg Little gets a chance to prove himself. I, I, I do based on we'll, – we'll have that discussion here a little bit when we talk about that position in particular. 
I see a scenario where he gets a chance. Um, as far as guard, um, I see a scenario unfolding. Uh, the trading of Okun really, really screwed us at guard. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and that didn't give us anything at tackle. Um, well, the Chargers are going to turn around and cut Trey, so I see right. something. I, 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 just logically, I see a, a reunion there. Um, I, I think Trey would not necessarily give a hometown discount, but come back for a fair price and, and not make us overpay. I wouldn't be against that. Uh, I do think that Trey kind of got lazy after he got paid. Uh, I think that's it had a lot to do with it. And then he wanted another extension, and that's what kind of led to us trading him. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting enough, Joe Person did come out this week and say uh, just flat out no that uh, when asked about a reunion of Trey Turner in Charlotte. So that will be something to kind of keep an I eye on. I didn't see that. So if, if, if Joe's saying that, then there must be enough bad, bad blood there. Yeah. Uh, after the trade that, that's... Don't, don't know what happened, uh, obviously. Um but to talk about guard, I mean, is Dennis Daly, where do you think he is? I mean, somebody who showed more his first season than Greg Little. Um, do you try to move Daly back to left tackle, or do you keep him at guard, uh, guard. and roll there? Guard. We need, yep. I think Daly, Daly needs to slide inside the guard. Yeah. yeah. They just need to make that move. And the only time you're sliding Dennis Daly out is, like, it's like break glass for in case of emergency. Uh, I, I like Dennis Daly. I think Dennis Daly really overperforms where, you know, considering it, all things considered, I think he, he, he has the chance to be a solid, I'm not going to say he's, you know, all pro, but he's, there's a chance to be a solid starter at guard and left guard. I like that. Um, right. Anything to replace Chris Reed. Yeah. I mean, and Johnny Miller, I mean, again, it's, I think he did fine. I wouldn't mind having him for depth. You know, I, I don't want him starting, uh, but I thought he was solid. I think it's fine. Um, well, let me ask you guys, would you, either of you, be willing to, and what would you give up for Orlando Brown Jr.? We had this discussion this week. Um, I want to know what Baltimore thinks of Christian. That's that's where I start the discussion is do do they love their running backs enough for their scheme? Because if, I mean, you you tell me what an offense with him and Lamar looks like. My goodness. So so can you convince them that that's their future? And that's also something that's an interesting point because you mentioned Lamar and McCaffrey, and it was reported this week that they're not going to go after a number one receiver. I mean, they have Hollywood Brown, and they do have Mark Andrews. Outside of that, it's a crapshoot up there. And at some point, Lamar's going to want somebody to throw to. I mean, Hollywood complained that he wasn't getting enough targets and wasn't a focal point of the offense, and I get that. I mean, you know, their style is built on running the football uh, with Lamar, letting Lamar be Lamar, and relying on the defense. Um, I think if you don't go get Deshaun Watson and we don't make a trade there, then you go and trade for Orlando Brown and you draft a rookie quarterback and you're set from there. You know, there, there's at least a, a vision going forward. Also, an interesting point, what you just mentioned is if you don't give up McCaffrey in a trade for Deshaun or whoever the case may be, uh, you offer Deshaun and maybe you come up with a, a pick or two 
that you can throw in to kind of entice them and see if they'll take it on. I believe they wanted two first round picks for Orlando Brown. I mean, and you can think about, you know, that's probably not going to happen. That's a high asking price. And if we get Deshaun, then we definitely can afford that. Um, but what's your Orlando, preference? Orlando only happens if we don't get Deshaun. That's yeah. Uh, yeah 100%. I, I, I mean, I, like, first of all, Panther fans are going to burn us at the stake for all the trade scenarios involving Christian that we're throwing out there. But uh, I mean, you don't pay love no. Christian. I mean, we know this. We, we've had these talks before. You yes. don't pay a running back top dollar. And I know Christian does a lot more than a typical running back, and he had a 1,000-1,000 season first since Marshall Falk. But How many games did we win? That's Yeah. And it, you could it, say, oh, well, he had Kyle Allen at quarterback, and he had Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, and, and Teddy didn't have a great year because he didn't have Christian. I mean, we almost beat the Chiefs. I, I get that. You know, that was Christian's last game, I believe. Um, but at the same point in time, look what Mike Davis did. It, it kills me to mention his name, but I don't see a scenario where we come up with enough money anywhere else to make to make the team and not even championship caliber, but second round of the playoff caliber without without moving him. I don't I mean unless you get Watson and you can somehow fit everything and you just I can see a scenario where him, Watson, DJ and Robbie can will us to the second round of the playoffs, but if the line's not, you, you've done nothing with the line if that's what you've got because of the cap hit that is there with, with Christian. I don't, I don't see a scenario where they're able to build a team they want to build without moving Christian's money. And there's something you have to keep in mind here is that DJ is going to be due for a payday soon. Robbie Anderson, his deal was up after this next season. It was a two-year contract. Curtis is a free agent. Outside of that, there's no receivers. You got, I mean, Brandon Zilstra. Um, uh, so here's another thing. You either have to trade Christian. Do you clear more cap money by cutting Shaq Thompson, which is a possibility uh, here before June 1st? Um, so you're looking at that scenario as well. Uh, there's more money that can come off the books. Obviously, the Teddy thing. Um, I know we kind of got away from what we were talking about, but you know, that's a good point is that there's going to be some tough decisions to be made. You know, and the fan base can get mad about, you know, Christian possibly being traded, whatever the case may be. Dallas is going to have to go through the same situation with Zeke. Uh, I mean, they got Tony Pollard. So that's another thing. If you develop a good old line, it doesn't matter who you have back there. You know, and if we do move away from, you know, Christian, I, I, and I think Travis Etienne is the best running back in the draft. Um, the fact that he stayed for a senior year is just Dabo working Dabo magic. Um, you know, and that's, ridiculous but there's other options back there i mean mike davis you know but he have, he had a thousand yards this year total combined yeah yeah i mean and that's a guy that nobody wanted uh, i mean mike davis runs hard I, you know if you build the o-line it really doesn't matter who you have back there uh reggie is coming back this year uh coming back from the injury so he can kind of fill the christian role if we do move on he does do both uh well uh he's athletic uh he's fast he's mobile um, can catch the ball out of the backfield, which he proved. Correction, Davis had 165 carries for 642 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, check receiving stats as well for me. Yeah. Oh, I got, oh, I feel like I thought you meant rushing. Oh, no, no, no. I just meant kind of combined. Um, and if, if if we move Christian, there's a, there's a few veteran guys that make sense. Um, Carson 
is is a free agent yep. and and Fitter has a connection there. So there's a, there would be a few guys that would make some sense for relatively little money in the scheme of the cap. And there's always I mean the past I mean there's always rookie running backs. James Robinson. Ball. Just ball. And coming from like you said James Robinson. I mean it's just it's undrafted. I, me and you talked about it when the whole thing was going down, Matt, and neither one of us wanted to pay him that money. I didn't care. Still don't like it. I love Christian. No, I don't want to get it twisted. I love Christian McCaffrey. He was not worth. He's not worth it for the money that we paid. Christian is in my top five Panthers favorite Panthers of all time. Like it's 100%. it's it's Christian. It's Luke. It's Cam. It's Steve. And it's there's some debate there for five, but those are my four. It's probably Peppers at five, but that that's it's just it's you've got to do it if you want to win. It's tough. So back to where we were talking about before this, um, it really doesn't matter who's offensive line under center or who's in the backfield. It's going to be who's protecting them, uh, and we're going to have to fill the left tackle position. Um, are you fine with Greg Little getting every shot? going into the season with us actually having a preseason this year uh for one does he stay healthy uh he's had concussion issues uh, he's had injury issues that's somebody who we've traded up to get and that was a feel the hern move with marty herney again um i, I mean what do you, where are you guys at i mean i know left tackle is kind of thin in free agency uh we probably don't have the money to go and get any of the top two or three guys uh the top three is probably Trent Williams, uh, Okung, and uh, Villanueva. Ron Armstead. Cam, Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson is right there, yeah. Uh, so Cam Robinson is probably the realistic option there. Uh, I don't know if we can afford the other guys. Uh, and plus, we just – Okung was just here. We've seen what that does. Um, talk a little bit about what you think going forward on left tackle, what you would like to see. Do you want to go with Greg Little? And we may have to open up the season that way. Uh, or do you want to try to make an offer for somebody like Cam Robinson? I think ideally only one of Daly and Little has to start. I think ideally. I don't know which one that ends up being. I'm leaning more towards Little because of where the tackle market is. So then maybe you sure up guard a little bit and maybe Daly is your backup option to having to move back out there to tackle if, if Little is bad. Or you draft somebody in the second, third round, because we won't have a first rounder, hopefully. <laughs> and the first rounder's not the first rounder's not going to a, a tackle even if we do have it. So it, it you you and and we if we get to free agency today or, or next episode, uh, there's other there's positions that we need that we can address in outside of the draft for for relatively little money, in my opinion. So I think you can you can go hard at the draft at a, at a couple shots at at, at offensive line fills. Some some guys maybe smaller schools that are that that have the upside that that aren't in that first round that that you could take a chance on. So I would say most likely little is our first option at left tackle. Depending on how many like you, depending on how many draft picks we come out of this draft with, because I do think that at some point Fitter is going to trade down and, and get more picks, regardless of what happens with Deshaun and how many picks we give up. Um, I don't want any less than, I mean, I don't want any less than three, three picks spent 
on the offensive line. I think they need they need to just infuse it with as many young options as we possibly can, and we'll see what sticks. Um, I am I like the idea of Cam Robinson, um, but if that doesn't happen, I guess little. I just don't. It's so hard for me to go into a season with him penciled in as the starting left tackle, um, whether it be just for a tryout, you know, just to, just to see where he is. I just, I don't have any faith in him at this point at all. So, but you know, I could be wrong, but I want no less than three picks spent on the offensive line in this draft. Yeah. I think they, I think the draft philosophy should be building the O line and the offensive side as well for that matter, but do it just like we did with the defense last year. I'm not saying yeah. spend every pick on it. Uh, and go seven picks that way. I mean, we probably won't have seven picks unless Fitterer makes some move where, you know, he doesn't see a big difference in picking, you know, 25th to 40th. Um, and that's where he – that's why Seattle had the depth that they always had. Um, Fitterer is big on trading back and gaining more assets and just giving yourself more freedom uh, because he doesn't think the talent gap is that big outside of the first 15 picks of the draft. Um, I think we're hitting that point now where I need to see what we have in Greg Little, uh, but also I need, we need a – an option we need something to be able to replace it with i think if we go into camp and preseason with him as left tackle that's fine you see what he's got there at the first few games if it's not good if he gets hurt whatever the case may be abandon it you know have him as a backup i mean we did resign trent scott this week uh to a one-year deal so obviously the staff has some faith in what he can do do they move him to left tackle and see what he's got there you know we'll, we'll see um but i think it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. We have to show up the left. I mean, the left tackle, we have to show up the O-line. That's something we've dealt with for far too long. Uh, and that's, that's got to stop. I mean, if you're building with a new staff, new regime, new general manager, uh, I mean, Tepper's on year three of ownership, um, four, um, it, something's got to be done. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've, we kind of, it's got to get done. Yeah, we, we, we pieced it together for far too long. I mean, this past year was, was a work in progress. Uh, I mean, it took basically running out of options a few years ago for Rod to turn to Andrew Norwell and, and actually give him a shot to see what, what became of that. Uh, I mean, he all pro, just undrafted, sitting on your bench, and Ron finally went to him. Um, so maybe you go diving and see what gym you can find. I mean, Rule does have a, a good eye for talent and is a good talent evaluator uh, and also you know how to help. Uh, you know, players improve. So uh, I'm fine with Greg Little opening up camp, but you also got to address it. And whether we spend that money there, that's fine. Uh, I won't have any complaints about that. I don't think anybody should. If you've watched the Panthers for the last you know, 10 years, at least, you know that there's an issue that never gets fixed. Uh, but we're fine on the defensive side of the ball for the first time in years. Um, now it's time to address the O-line, and we got to roll from there. Uh, I mean, I, I – I... Agree wholeheartedly. I think we're a piece or two away that you can probably get in free agency from having a legitimately good defense. So let's take our entire efforts with this draft and maybe a little bit in free agency and, and fix. You know, what's that that beat writer called the uh, the Hornets, the Island of Misfit Toys the other day? Yeah. Our offensive line has been the Island of Misfit Toys for, like I said, the better part of a decade now. And it's, there's just, it's got to stop. I mean, it's got to stop. Like, Every team that was in the playoffs, you know, NFC championships, AFC championship, and Super Bowl had a top 10 offensive line. 
And we saw what happened to the Chiefs when their offensive line. Yeah, familiar face out there uh, on that yeah. line too. 100%. You can't, like you can't win – you can't win a Super Bowl with him on your offensive line. It's proven. It's, it's, it's been it's been shown <laughs> twice and, now. And look awesome. at this. I mean, don't get me wrong. Tampa has a great defense. They had a great defense this past year. They had a great D line. Um, but you look at what Patrick Mahomes was that game without an O line. You know, it doesn't matter who you are back there at quarterback. If you don't have an O line, if you don't have any time to throw the ball, the same thing's going to happen. It's going to get worse. You know. So that's why Cam got hurt all those years. That's why injuries happen to these quarterbacks because Patrick Mahomes was lucky to get out of that game and not be knocked out of it. I mean, he already got hurt a couple games before with the concussion uh, in the playoffs. So uh, it's wild to me that that as soon as that happens in the Super Bowl or in any game to to Mahomes, it's the offensive line. But when it happens to our MVP, um, he sucks or – uh, whatever. Yeah. So, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. We're, we're gonna have to do a whole. We're gonna, that's a that's an idea for a different podcast. All we can just lay it all out there one time together with all of our grievances for the way Cam was treated. Yeah, I'll get it out eventually. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there and people that are gonna listen to this and be like, oh, "I'm tired of hearing a Cam." I mean, John Ellis, who runs One Panther Place, uh, follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Um, he puts up Cam clips every few days, once a week. Uh, and people still complain about it. Uh, I'm sorry, but you know, if you want to uh, act like the the best time in this franchise history wasn't a thing and it was all a fluke, and that's not the best player in franchise history, hey, by all means, go start your F-150 up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I take that man. That that's, I know. F-150 Twitter. I have an F-150. I know you do, and that's what that's why <laughs> I said that because I knew you would. And and what's funny is is. Yes, that is the best player in franchise history, and we are possibly one move away from that not being the case anymore. And I am so ready for that. I I want that to be the case. I'm just I'm 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 not gonna let myself get hopeful or believe it until it happens. Until I get that update on my phone, and I'm just just gonna ride with it. Because yeah, and the the immediate reaction is gonna be, but they gave up too much. So everybody just needs to go ahead and prepare whatever trade scenario you see listed on, you know, NFL network, NFL.com on Twitter, wherever prepare for that to happen and then go from there because that way you'll feel better. But I'm telling you, whatever we give up to get a 25 year old top five quarterback in this league, that's under contract for the next five years. It's worth it. Don't take the Matthew Stafford thing as what the market is. They had to overpay. If we gave up a first, uh, was that a first, a fifth, and Teddy? Not a first and a third, a first and a fifth, and Teddy. Um, I would have been fine with that. That's that's Stafford. You know, different timeline, different everything. Still would be fine with that. You know, Matthew Stafford's probably gonna, probably, and this is, I think he's underrated, but he might be the NFL's all-time passing leader when he retires, and that's what a lot of people aren't tracking and don't pay attention to. But him in LA, I think, you know, that's that's a sign of them going for it as they should. Uh, Goff did have his limitations. Stafford brings a little bit more to the table. Um, I think they're going to be ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, th- I think that fit was way, it was a lot better than ours. His timeline and his skill set doesn't fit us quite. It matches quite, what they want to do. Yeah. And so that, I wouldn't have loved the Stafford deal. I would have understood it if it, if it was us, but I, there is not going to be a scenario unless it's chin and burns where I'm like, that was too much picks 
any other players. Um, the only way I say that was too much is if it's Chin and Burns included with the picks. And that's, I mean, that's, and at that point, I'm be like, okay, that's fine. Young it, it was too much, but that's fine. Young defensive ends that are of the Brian Burns caliber are hard to come by. Uh, we've had, what, three, including him, that I can remember that I would say. I mean, you got Peppers, Greg Hardy, and Brian Burns. I mean, people can talk, say whatever they want to about Greg and his personal stuff, but, uh, I mean, what the crack Before that, he was in, yeah. in a monster. You look back at 2013 and what he brought him. He's a six-round pick that we got. I mean, and look what Greg turned into. I mean, he never got it together after the whole, you know, domestic stuff. But outside of that, on the field, Greg was one of my favorite players. And what he did on the O-line was something we hadn't had since Peppers. Uh, and Burns is filling that. I mean, all he has to do is hit the spin move coming off the edge. And a lot of these left tackles, right tackles, they can't stay in front of him. Don't don't sleep on uh, Gross Matos. No, no, don't. He, I, he looks... I, you just look at the way they move. You look at the way they look in uniform. He reminds me a lot of Greg. Yeah. Greg Hardy. And, and, and Etor and, and, and Brian is, is, some, is a combination that I want to keep together for a while to come. You know, we yeah. still may bring KK back and, and have him fill one of the defensive tackle spots. Uh, I think when you, you fill the other one next to Derek Brown, you're set for years to come. And now you have that in the secondary with Chin, and you can build around that. Uh, linebackers, obviously, work in progress. Shaq should have probably never got the contract that he did from Marty, but that's Marty being Marty and handing out money that he should. Good riddance, Marty. Uh, to hear Whitehead is gone, thank God. Uh, that was a disaster and a mess uh, from game one against the Raiders, where he cost us that game. Um, so you probably look at Jermaine Carter uh, filling that spot, and it's another young guy who finally got a shot this year, and you could see what he did. Uh, the defense improved when he was out there, and to hear stats went down. Um, let's see. That's a lot to unpack. Um, yeah. I know we kind of just jumped around and got off tackle. Uh, we do have a few minutes left here. If you guys want to dive into free agency at all uh, and talk about maybe uh, some positions that you want to see uh, upgraded, see some pieces you brought in. If you guys have a list of anything, uh, just anybody want to talk about. Wesley, I know you've done kind of some extensive research on that this week. Um, just talk a little bit about going forward this offseason, um, some names to watch for. I've got three positions that I'm going to mention. Um, so one, receiver. I think um, depending on what we do with trades, there, there's going to be one hole. So if we don't draft somebody, um, with, if we let Curtis walk um, and, and don't draft somebody, we've got to fill it. Um, and, and to me, it's Curtis or it's bring Curtis back or it's, it's sign Fuller. Those are the two, um, the money, I think those would be right around our, what, what we would be, what would we want to spend? I think those two are going to be very similar in deals. Um, I don't, I did not pull up their spot rack, um, estimates, but I would guess somewhere in the, what? eight to 10 million per on those guys. Is that low, high? What do you think? Well, you I mean, you probably, Robbie was criminally underpaid, even with the deal we gave him. I mean, I think yeah. that was what, two years, 18 million? Yeah. Basically the cam million, I mean, the cam money. Um, Robbie's next contract is going to be more than that, barring an injury. Um, 
But Curtis Fuller. Curtis doesn't have the history, and Fuller Curtis has the injury stuff and doesn't really have but one season of, of great tape, and Fuller's got the injury. So to me, that I think you can get them on similar deals to that. Yeah, I, I mean, the injury history with Fuller, Curtis just coming around, if you don't look at the analytical side of things, uh, Curtis is undervalued. Uh, the analytics, I mean, he's a top five receiver. I mean, based mm-hmm. off of that, I mean, just it's it's ridiculous how much the guy's been criminally underused. Um, Will Fuller is intriguing. Uh, he's got the connection with Watson, uh, especially after Hopkins. Uh, so that's another thing uh, that wouldn't hurt our case at all. Uh, as much as I love to have Curtis back, uh, Fuller is intriguing. Uh, deep threat speed does have the injury history. Um, I don't know if he's played an entire season. Uh, he's coming yeah. off the PED thing, so that's that can't help his value. Um, I think he's somebody you can get for a steal. And then there was a name that I didn't even realize was going to be a free agent that I would be intrigued by if the money was right, uh, Juju. I don't know what that money looks like, um, but and I think it's I think it's it's I don't think I know it's more than the other two just on the star power of it alone. And age. Um, yeah, but. That's one that I would consider if DJ is included in a trade out um, or even if he's not and we don't bring back Curtis and the money lines up somewhere um, if CMC's gone and we don't use that money on tackle on paying someone like Cam Robinson, um, maybe we're just going to make sure we get the ball out in time and, and get it to Juju, DJ, DJ and, and those guys. So that's receiver. Those were my three that, that were noted, notable when, when I was looking. Um, the other one, tight end, um, I do not trust Ian. Um, so I think there's, there's one name who I think he's underrated because the offense he was in, Johnu Smith, um, they, that I think, I don't know what that money looks like, but I really like him. And then Hunter Henry with his injury, injury problems, I think will get underpaid as well based on the output he could could bring to the table. So if we decide that tight end is where we want to, to put, add one more weapon to whoever's at quarterback, I think that's, those are two names that I'd like to watch. And then corner, I have a corner is the, the how the defensively corner is the, the weak spot to me. And I think you can sign two of these guys easily for not that much money. I've got a list of about 10 options here. So I can run through them and, and, and get your guys' opinion on. One that was intriguing was Shaq Griffin, the connection there. Um, streaky, um, kind of up and down play. He's made some – he's had some really good play and some really bad play from what I've watched of him. Uh, Verrett, Darby, Sherman, Rhodes, Peterson, Breland. That's that's kind of the top of my list there. Um, Breland is intriguing. We've looked at him before. <laughs> I mean, we, we signed him before. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the, the fail physical. Um, I don't – I think Sherman is the guy, type of guy that who will who will demand top dollar even though he's washed up at this point. But that that, that is intriguing if he is would, would go to the right opportunity. Like, let's say we bring in Watson, we're ready to win now. Somebody like Sherman comes in on a veteran deal. Um, he, he wants to win. Um, and and I, I, there's the, the, the Seattle connection there too with – with there, there's at least some knowledge of each other. So those are, those are the names at corner. I think I, I wouldn't touch corner in the draft because of how deep the free agency class is. That's, I mean, that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys there that I named and there's more. 
I mean, I, yeah, corners. I really, I, I think it also starts with I really want to sign Russell Douglas. I mean, I I think he was solid. I I mean, I don't think he's you know the next you know greatest thing, but I don't I don't I think you know you pair him with a free agent signing. I think I I really want to bring him back. Thoughts on Dante? I do love me some Dante. Um, he, I think he seemed to respond way better to this coaching staff than with Ron's. Agree. For for whatever reason, um, it's one of those things, man. You, you you see so much potential in somebody, and you don't want to give up on it. Like I think that kid could be shut down. Like if, if he would just put it all together up here. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited for another full offseason, hopefully, under the staff to see what he can be next year. And I think he can either make himself a boatload of money this year or get cut. So we'll see. And with Dante, I think I'm fine with Dante in two scenarios. Being, getting, so one, you go sign two veterans for yeah. low money. And you've got three guys there. Two are going to win the job. The other scenario, you you pay you get one that's going to be your guy on the other side, and you give Dante a chance to be the other side. That's the two scenarios where I'm fine with with Dante. If you go and just get one of these guys that I mentioned before, and it's one of those and 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 Dante, I don't think it's enough back there. But I mean, we're we're going to be limited if we spend what we do on the offensive what will we expect on the offensive side you can't you can't fix it all so we'll see what happens oh and i think dante's coming off of his best season uh you know and Corey, to your point is that how long did it take for josh norman to figure it out you know a, a lot of that was on the coaching staff uh, i think everybody saw the talent was there i mean even preseason games i remember having discussions with you Corey, about uh, Josh, before he actually got his chance, like it was, I was stumbling evident. for that guy in training camp. Yeah, it was. It was evident that the talent was there. Um, he just needed a shot. You know, he showed out in all preseason games, but was still riding the bench. And Ron just didn't give him a shot. And then he had the Cleveland game, and uh, never looked back from there. Uh, and Josh is uh, somebody else who's a free agent this year. Uh, I mean, do you, you know, try to see what's going on there? See if he has any interest coming back. Um, you know, he, I know he's a he's not his. Uh, former self anymore, but he's still talented enough uh, to start on this team. Uh, Rasul is a guy we got for nothing. Um, and I was very pleased with Rasul's play this year. Uh, I mean, he did have a couple of down moments. Uh, I know Joe Person probably says that he won't be back, um, but I, I think that's a, probably a fluid situation. Uh, but what you said, Wesley, uh, t- corner is extremely deep. I'm looking at the list now and it's looks like 45 50 guys uh on here uh and even down to like the mid 20s is still guys that i would take a chance on uh and and want um cory what do you think on the offensive side of the ball what are some upgrades that you're looking at is there any names uh that you would like to see brought in or uh the tires kicked on anybody um yeah an interesting name that was released this week um jared cook yeah Uh, I, i would not mind at all bringing him in um, I just going to second what he said about the tight end position. I'm, Wesley said about the tight end position, Johnny Smith. That's very, very, I would, I would be very happy with that. Um, I think tight end is probably outside of the offensive line on the offensive side of the ball. Tight end 
I think it's it's something that needs to be addressed, whether it's in the draft or whether it is via free agency. I would probably prefer this year to go through free agency. Like he's, there's just too many names out there that any name that he mentioned, if we signed him, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, uh, and then what I mentioned, Jared Cook, I would be thrilled with. And I think it's an immediate upgrade at a position um, that we need. And that Joe Brady showed in college that he wants to use, you know? So um, I, I think tight end is going to, I think somebody's going to get signed. I don't know who, but any one of those names, and I'm going to be thrilled heading into uh, training camp with any of those guys on the team. Yeah. Uh, another corner mentioned is Buster Screen. He was released from Chicago uh, last week. Um, so another name added to this already big pool. Uh, the Hunter Henry thing is interesting. Uh, you know, that, that was probably going to be the pick if it wasn't for uh, Gettleman taking Vernon Butler. Uh, he was a guy that was linked to us for a long time. Uh, injuries have kind of set him back, and he may still end up back with the Chargers and Herbert. Um, you know, he was kind of underused this past year, um, but turned it on in the second half of the season. Um, so it'd be interesting. I know Kyle Rudolph has gotten a lot of uh, noise here lately, just as a veteran presence. Uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to go that route. I mean, he's had what, 300, 400 yards receiving uh, here recently. Uh, he, He's very touchdown dependent, so you're not going to be somebody you, you know, rely on in the offense. I mean, a good red zone weapon, but I'd spend the money elsewhere unless the guy's coming in for the veteran minimum. Um, you know, we're probably going to have to address punter in free agency as well. I know Thomas Morstead was uh, released this week by the Saints. And Joseph Charlton. <laughs> do you, I mean, do I pull up the film from – from uh, <laughs> camp where he kicked it <laughs> yeah. off the corner, what try on? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, no. Charlton, Charlton did a lot better than I, I expected he would. Uh, I, I would like to see what you know Pilardi come back uh, after missing last year, but I, I get it. Um, you know, but I would like to see an upgrade there. And another thing, I mean, Joey Sly. Uh, oh man, don't get me started. We're gonna have to address kicker before long. Um, you know, got it. I mean, can kick the ball a mile, but. Agassiz. If only we had drafted the second best kicker in the league a few years ago. That'd be yeah, and then chose to keep Graham Gano. And you know that, and that wasn't even a terrible decision at the time. But you know, paying Graham what we did, and we got you know Bucker for a seventh round value, and then he just goes and wins a Super Bowl. You know, that's uh, awful. Also, time. side note: Spotrex got uh, Juju at five years eighty, so I'm out on that. They're projecting five eighty. Sixteen a year, yeah. Ooh. I, I don't uh, see it. I don't see it. Juju Juju proved after AB left that he's not a number one. So yeah, if they I want mean, to pay him like a number one, somebody can do it. I'm not. Gonna he can Deontay. take him. He can take his TikTok somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need none yeah. of that. Deontay Johnson is clearly the the best receiver in Pittsburgh, and then they got Claypool, who's going to do the same. Um, Has anything came out about Godwin? They, I, I think they'll tag him. I mean, they, I would assume they have to, but I, mean, I don't know. But he said he would take a cheaper deal to stay in Tampa. He, uh, want, he wants to be in Tampa, but it, I heard does. an interview, and he, he pretty much sounded like he, he thinks the tag is a foregone conclusion, but he wants to be there long term. I just haven't heard them release anything about it yet other than that. So, Do they have any other tag candidates, or is it just him? Shaq Barrett. Ooh, that's a tough – They didn't yeah. finish – they, they tagged him last year, right? After the yeah. Wait, no. So it's it was they were gonna have to make a decision between Godwin, Barrett, um, and 
there's one more that's slipping my mind right now. But I know Barrett's going to get paid. So. I, I don't think they can let – I don't think they can let Godwin walk. I mean, AB's probably back on a cheap deal too, but I still don't think you can let Godwin walk. I guess, you know, if Mike Evans is going to be there long term, you know, for the next – five years then i mean i could see why you would but i would probably let evans leave before i let godwin do i mean you do have scotty miller and if you keep ab i mean that's a, a formidable will um you know tree of receivers but yeah godwin's the best receiver on that team uh, i mean you know evans is what he is physical freak but you know godwin's the guy uh, and he's young so um anybody else we miss you guys got anything to add no i just i want to sean and I want to sean that that's that's all i got that's i will i'll continue to say it until something happens that that that's what needs to happen and don't get me wrong i still i really like trey and, I, and if we end up with him at eight if the sean if the texans are stupid and we end up with him at eight i'm fine with it no um, mac jones if it's was, Mac Jones, if it's Mac Jones, I'm I'm official with the podcast. Yeah, yeah. If I honestly, <laughs> I, I was literally gonna say uh, the only thing I was gonna leave the this group and anybody who listens to us is please God, anybody but Mac Jones. I'm sorry. That's that's if we spend eight on Mac Jones, oh. it's there are extremely go into a dark, dark days dark ahead. Place. I'm gonna yeah, go if, into a dark place if. Even if we trade back, it, 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 let's just say Lance isn't the guy for whatever reason, and we don't want and and we don't want to trade up for Fields, and we trade back from eight to fifteen or, or or wherever. Somebody wants somebody wants Lance at eight, and they trade with us. They I still nowhere in the first round do I want Mac. Nowhere. You can trade back and give me extra picks. You can do whatever. Nothing. I would rather roll with Teddy. I would rather roll with Teddy for another year than draft Mac Jones. And that's saying a lot because I've said that I do not want to watch Teddy throw another pass as a Panther. Actually, I prefer PJ, but that's yeah, a I mean, yeah, that's a I think we're all in agreement there. Uh, you know, we're not. If you don't take any of the top four and you don't trade uh, for Deshaun or any other proven vet that would excite the fan base, um, you roll with PJ. Maybe even see what Will Greer's got back there, but it's PJ. Um, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. I'm I'm out. I'm out on that. All right, final thoughts. Anything to add before we wrap this up? Nothing for me. Appreciate you guys listening all the way through. Yep, good deal. Um, definitely um, like it, and I'm excited for the off season. Excited for more to come. So, anybody out there that's listening, uh, make sure you subscribe. Yeah, uh, subscribe uh, to wherever you get your podcast from: uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, Yahoo, all of them were available on all platforms. Uh, choose any questions, anything you want us to talk about. Uh, email again is 704cast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter also at 704cast. Uh, that's at 704cast uh, as well. Um, we'll be doing these three mans every weekend. Um, so like, follow, subscribe, uh, give us some feedback, uh, and look forward to the episode next week. Uh, Throughout this upcoming next, or this, excuse me, this upcoming week, uh, we may have a Hornets episode coming as well. We'll talk a little about uh, Lamella Ball, all things Eric Collins, and uh, Gordon Hayward.
Humdiddly D. Humdiddly D. So uh, that's it for us, guys. Uh, appreciate you listening to us. Uh, I hope you guys have a great week.